Welcome to Bevel, the podcast extension of Canadian Interiors, the longest-running interior design magazine in Canada published since 1964. I am host and editor-in-chief Peter Sopchak. Bevel is a place where we step away from the photographs and talk with interesting folks about interesting ideas and issues facing the design world today. Because of wide-ranging governmental policies created to enforce social distancing measures in efforts to contain the spread of COVID-19, some of the swiftest casualties we've seen have been the regular stops on the trade show circuit. Many show organizers either cancelled or postponed their events, but many of them also were reimagined as online or virtual entities. While a virtual trade show is seldom a desirable substitute for the real in-person experience, it does offer several benefits for attendees, including streaming and archived keynotes, panels, and technical sessions. And from the exhibitor's side, there is an argument to be made that going virtual democratizes access, since costs related to space rental, construction, transportation, and so on, are no longer tied to physical exhibition space. Today, we speak with Jeff Forrest about his experience with just such a situation, when his studio Stack Lab participated in virtual programming put on by the Isola Design District, a satellite event connected to the prestigious yearly Salon de Mobile Milano, the physical version of which was canceled for 2020. All right. Hi, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. So as you know, we're talking today about the evolving landscape of trade shows. And the reason I wanted to chat with you is I understand Stack Lab has had some experience in the trade show realm of the past. And uh, I thought before we started talking about how things have changed, it would be useful to get some context and look back a bit on what uh, your experience and what Stack Lab's experiences in previous trade shows were leading up to the COVID pandemic. So maybe you can talk a bit about some of the shows you were at, what the uh, level of your involvement with those were. Was it uh, as an exhibitor or vendor? And talk a bit about really just what your experiences were like and uh, what your thoughts were about those, the, the old model. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I, I do have a fair amount of experience with trade shows and, and different kinds of trade shows, which I think is um, maybe where I'll, I'll start in, in sort of uh, explaining my, my experience. Um, the, you know, my business is broken down into um, two categories. Uh, we call it object and project. Um, and, and on the project side, we produce speculative um, sculptures and, uh, and installations that, that uh, you know, um, we exhibit uh, sometimes privately and sometimes through, um, you know, sort of a trade show context. Um, and, uh, and an example of that would be the Edit Expo uh, that took place in Toronto, the Expo for Design, Technology and Innovation. Um, we partnered with uh, Great Gulf and Community Agency uh, and the Design Exchange to do that project. That's one example of, of a, a sort of trade show context. Um, Another example on the object side of my business, which is really more suited to um, the furnishings and sort of decorative arts uh, side of things, is, is kind of split again. On, on one hand, um, you know, we make straight up capital P product, um, and we have exhibited uh, those um, with trade shows. Um, and, um, and an example of that would be IDS uh, here in Canada. Um, 
and um, and then of course a couple of other sort of more uh, private or or less known uh, exhibition channels like uh, then uh, when we did it here at the Toronto Offsite Festival, and um, and uh, and that kind of thing. Um, and then the other side of our object business is more on the collectible side, and and uh, really it's that sort of uh, you know design as art model, and uh, and and really it's it's kind of more commonly known now as collectible design. Um, and those are the fairs that um, are really interesting. We're talking, um, uh, you know, um, Salon in New York, the Collectible Design Fair, uh, TEFAF, which is the European Fine Art Foundation, um, you know, the Winter Antique Show. These are, these are predominantly shows in, in the big um, metropolitan centers, you know, New York, uh, Miami, um, Paris, London, et cetera. And, um, and we have experience in those as well. Um, and in, in that particular context, we've exhibited um, through our dealers um, in, in sort of group exhibitions. Um, and it, it wouldn't have been, you know, a full collection necessarily, but more often a, a few pieces that would be curated for the purpose of um, showing more so uh, what the gallery can do as a curator. So we've kind of um, participated in multiple sort of settings. And I can say um, each is different. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, quite valid from a, you know, as a business owner, ultimately you do these things to get notoriety and to, and to grow your brand um, and, and, you know, get the word out about your work. Um, each of them is very valuable in different ways. Um, and, um, and, you know, I would say uh, we've enjoyed um, the, the, the experience, um, but I would say that um, where trade shows are, um, you know, predominantly speculative. I, I'm talking about the, the instances where, you know, you're you're fronting the money to go and, and put work up um, either on the installation side on your own or product up on your own. Uh, it can be very cost prohibitive. Um, we're lucky uh, in the last category because we have uh, gallery and dealer partners that will show our work. And really all we have to do is provide the work. And um, and that's a that's a different setup. Um, which I quite like because it's less risk for me and ultimately it's, it's a slightly higher profile. Um, but, um, but all of them have their merits and, and definitely uh, we, we enjoy participating in each kind. Okay, fascinating. So what's interesting is, as I'm sure all our listeners and readers are already keenly aware, is that this year when COVID hit, some of the first uh, major casualties were uh, the trade shows uh, on the design circuit, the big ones as well as the small ones. Uh, a lot of them have in some way or another tried to make a shift to some version of a virtual experience. Some of them have just straight up closed their doors and said, well, we'll come back later. But others have tried this virtual side of things. And uh, as we all know, one of the major uh, shows, in fact, arguably the most important show on the, the trade show circuit for the, for the design industry is uh, Isolone in Milan. And they, too, tried to pivot to a virtual situation um, in one form or another. But as everyone in the industry knows, some of the best elements of that show are actually the off-site um, exhibitions, the, uh, the, the different districts in and around Milan, uh, design districts, have their own sort of mini exhibitions. And many of them tried to do the same thing, also pivot to a digital experience. One of them was the Isola Design District. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, Stack Lab, 
got involved with that. So I'm curious, Jeff, if you can explain a bit about how you guys were involved in the Isola Design District virtual experience that was occurring um, uh, earlier in the summer. And if you could talk a bit about your involvement and, and what your feelings after the fact we're like um, absolutely well. I'm 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 a big fan of the Asola uh, uh, effort, and and I'm happy to talk about it. Um, a bit of backstory. Um, first of all, Salone. Uh, I mean, we always wanted to exhibit there, um, and um, you know, it was always so cost prohibitive to do so. Uh, my stuff is heavy <laughs> and big. Uh, in in a, in a lot of cases, it's big, and and so uh, you know, shipping full collections and doing a you know. A, a speculative, uh, you know, show on my own was always a big, big daunting thing. Um, and, and I got to say, I love the fact that I was able to participate in, uh, in Solane, um, without, um, you know, a, a major, major cost and uh, not to be, uh, you know, lifting up the curtain too much, but, but that's obviously a big part of it. And, and so I have to say it was, it was an, a wonderful experience from that regard. Also, so wonderful to participate in something fresh. Um, you know, this is the first of these digital exhibitions, really, um, you know, at least in this environment. Um, and it was an honor to be included. Um, and I should give credit, by the way, to the person who got me involved, um, who, uh, who I, I really owe it all to. And it's a fellow by the name of Vissa Truster, who's a um, who's a, a designer based out of the Netherlands. Um, we met in New York at uh, the, the Best of the Year Awards in 2018, I believe. Um, and uh, it was fantastic. I mean, uh, you, know, he, um, you know, he just loves to drink beer. And we went out and hit the town after the fact and uh, really got to chatting and, and share a, a similar sort of perspective on design. Uh, and what it can do and kept in touch. And, um, and, and particularly, we bonded over um, the use or, or you know, sort of smart reuse of material. Um, and we regularly kind of communicate back and forth on, on social media, sharing ideas, sharing other people's work, and often citing how jealous we are of how excellent some of it is. Um, but, but this is a, a real um, ambitious guy, and he's doing quite well. And um, he, I think he's exhibited with uh, Isola physically in the past. Um, and, um, and their message, um, you know, has always resonated with them because, or with him, pardon me, because he really specializes in, in reclamation. And, and so do they, they're, they're, there's a big, uh, emphasis for Isola on, on emerging designers who use, uh, uh, you know, sustainable materials, biomaterials, that kind of thing. And, um, and I think when they contacted him about the digital exhibition opportunity, um, and asked him who he knew, um, you know, he put forth a bunch of um, Dutch designers, of course, because that's that's his <laughs> that's his main uh, network. But he he mentioned us, which was a really really nice thing because they I don't think they had heard of us before. And um, and when he put us forward, um, you know, they they agreed to have a look at the portfolio and and uh, and then ultimately engage us in conversation. And immediately, I love these guys. They're they're not what you expect uh, when you when you think you know, the best design fair in the world, you know, they're super easygoing, um, frankly, quite humble and nervous about launching a new format, uh, which helped because they were um, not acting like they owned the place necessarily. Um, and they uh, were very keen on getting feedback and input from designers to make sure that um, our needs were, were met. Um, you know, and, and it's one of the first experiences I've had where, um, I, you know, I, I was included in that conversation, 
um, so often these fairs are so established and have such a, um, a, a standard process um, that, that, you know, feedback is not necessarily even welcome. Um, or, or that's, maybe I'll, I'll rephrase and say that it's just not something I've ever had the opportunity to offer uh, in earnest. Um, but this time they asked for it. And, and so I, I feel like certainly they, they built the platform, but they, they involved the designers quite a bit and asked a lot of questions along the way. And in that way, it became a representation of what we all need. And that is um, a, um, a platform to say what we do, um, you know, ideally keep the numbers down so that we have um, a decent market share within the exhibition platform. So, you know, sometimes there's thousands of exhibitors and, and this time there were hundreds. And, and that's a very different um, experience uh, when you're on this side of things. It's, it's better to get more, more exposure. Um, and, um, and then they also had so many different kinds of programs. They, they would invite us all into, um, conversations, uh, you know, recorded conversations, not unlike this one where we can explain what we do. Uh, there were panel discussions, uh, you know, there's, um, there's the option to have viewers go in and, and, and look at your work in, in sort of a private, uh, digital booth, but they also, um, created a virtual, um, gallery space and they selected 25 designers to participate in that um, uh, of which we were one and um, and that was really really exciting too because um, you know as far as I know this was the first experience where video game designers uh, and programmers were creating an exhibition space specifically with the intention of showing uh, collectible design um, and, and items in, in the decorative art space um, and, uh, and that was very, very exciting. Now, the, the caveat in all that is that the, the platform actually, um, the VR platform didn't launch for Asola. Uh, it was late. There was a bit of a technical issue. And it's still yet to be launched, but it will be very soon. I, I think it's going to be uh, live in about a week and a half. Um, and, and we're quite excited to, to see that uh, up and running. Okay, so I actually think it would be useful to take us through some of the actual interface um, uh, options like like uh, try to i'm curious really about for people who know the standard trade show model where you go to a space you like a convention center you walk up and down the aisles you look at products that are of interest you pass by the ones that aren't similar with the uh, exhibition uh, spaces that's a model most people understand but a lot of people are having a hard time wrapping their head around how a virtual trade show works so or in this case, even an exhibition. So uh, help us understand a bit about the nitty gritty about what your involvement was like or, or how people got involved. Like did they, uh, there was a website, they, they click on, I'm sure. And then what happens? Um, well, they, they, they come to a landing page and it's a choose your own adventure setup. So um, you can go in and, and um, search by designer um, and, and you can immediately access um, the people you're there to see specifically. Um, alternatively, um, you can search by project, um, and that's another way that you can really hone in uh, and, and, and target your experience. Um, but, um, and, and in that way, it's maybe a little bit easier than the physical exhibitions because it's, it's just, you know, you're, you're one second away from access. It's much more in line with the internet. It's immediate gratification. Um, but the way that it is maybe intended to mirror the, the experience, uh, the physical experience, is um, in the way they developed a 
sort of navigatable map um, that um, you can you can walk through. Basically, it's like a digital neighborhood, and and um, and um, you know you can enter buildings, for example, and see what contents there. And and um, you know that's not literally a video game style where you kind of walk through doors and see things. It's more like you click a two D map. Um, or image of a map, and then there's there's essentially website uh, drop downs that you can that uh, you know are more visual or visual visual pardon me um, that you can kind of interface with and 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 um, and, and interact with. Um, but they have all the content that they would have at the the exhibition. So again, there's there's panel discussions, interviews, uh, a bunch of press, um, you know, um, and then of course there's um, there's the AR or pardon me the AV uh, gallery. Um, that I, for uh, me, the VR gallery that I mentioned before, um, and and that's that's pretty much it. Um, but the 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 the, the, um, the interface was very very fun. It was light, uh, you know, extremely kind of bright and playful, um, and and in that way, it wasn't like a regular website. You know, you you really got the sense that you were a part of something. And I think just because of people's experience going to these fairs. Uh, they approached it differently, not thinking of it as a website. Maybe there's this sort of memory in the background uh, or muscle memory of, of experiencing these things in real time that made you navigate the digital interface differently. Um, and, uh, and, and I, I for one, felt like I was at a fair. Um, and finally, um, th there's, there's so much um, happening live, um, which also makes it feel like a fair. So, you know, you can go into the into the virtual neighborhood, and you know that at one forty-five, um, so and so is going to be speaking, and I've always wanted to hear so and so speak. So you know, you jump in, and um, and in that way, it's it's pretty similar. Fascinating. I mean, that that's to me that really is interesting. What's also, though, I have to say, kind of interesting is to is to read the. Uh, it's almost like reading the crowd's response, right? I'm I'm getting a lot of feedback. Uh, from the design industry that splits down basically into two groups. One that thinks that these, uh, the, these virtual replacements, in a sense, um, are just temporary measures to weather the pandemic, so to speak. In a, in a way, they're thinking at some point we're going to go back to normal, whatever that means. Uh, but then there's another group, almost evenly uh, split, that says that this is really a sort of writing on the wall situation and represents a, a new future for trade shows. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Do you fall in one camp or the other? Do you see uh, some interesting middle ground having experienced it? Uh, where do you think the, the trade winds are going, so to speak? Um, everybody is over-indexing in a big way when it comes to the pandemic, and um, they're assuming that life is going to be monumentally different after the fact. I don't agree with that. I think that human nature is human nature and people are going to revert back to old tendencies as soon as humanly possible. And certainly we're seeing that already, uh, you know, parks have opened up and people are back doing what they used to do. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, when it comes to this sort of thing, um, we will see a similar trend. Um, however, I will say that, um, there's a lot of value in the digital experience and it will very likely be tacked on as a, as an extra. Um, so that people like me who, um, one year may have spent their marketing budget on something else and don't necessarily want to, um, ship items down to, uh, Milan and, um, 
you know, go there with my team and, and entertain and, and do all that stuff, uh, pay for booths, pay for union labor on site, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, I might be able to um, very affordably enter um, at, a, at a different level in a different capacity um, and enjoy a similar experience. Uh, and so that, that's one reason why I think that the digital interface will definitely stick around. The other reason I think it's got a lot of value is not everybody can go. And I think, um, you know, for those who have to miss it, um, you know, there's, there's an opportunity to in involve them and ultimately monetize the experience so that the fair does better and can ultimately do more longer term. So from a business standpoint, I think they'd be, um, you know, once they get the model down and once they understand uh, the, the costs involved in setting up digital exhibition um, and they can copy and paste uh, more or less each year, I think it's going to be very smart for them to do that. Um, um, and, you know, the last thing is um, buy-in is a funny thing. You know, there, there's different personalities out there. And I think ultimately it, uh, the, the customer or the patron or the buyer or the designer um, uh, is going to be the one who sets the trend. And, and if they have more options, um, you're going to just appease a bigger audience. Look, some people, they need to be there physically. They need to shake hands. They need to touch and feel and smell. Um, and other people can't be bothered with that or, or that's not what they care about. Um, and um, I, I think catering to those people as well is going to be uh, an important thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm particularly thinking of the younger generation who's more used to um, social media and, and digital period. Um, and, and I think that that's not necessarily a bad thing so long as the physical exhibitions continue to exist, um, that, you know, sh shaking hands, or maybe not shaking hands, but certainly being in, in, in real time with people and, and engaging with them in real time is still something that's encouraged uh, and relationships are, are, uh, are fostered. Um, I, I, think, I think it's a good thing. And I think it'll be um, useful to spread the net and bring more attention uh, and democratize the, the exhibition scene to include more people ultimately, which is what we want because as designers, we want to spread the gospel. We want to make sure that more people know about it and appreciate what we do and, and um, invest in a you know, slightly more ergonomic, prettier, exciting, fun and flavorful world. Okay, so I think you raise a lot of interesting points there, um, one of which I entirely agree with is I think a lot of people have overestimated the apocalyptic nature of uh, how COVID will affect the, uh, our industry and the trade show industry. But I'm also curious, uh, as, a, as a participant, uh, both as a, um, as a user and an uh, attendee to the trade show world, I'm wondering what you would like to see happen when the dust settles and we return to some form of a in-person trade show model, what would you think uh, some of the moves need to be made to make it a better experience for both exhibitors and users? Um, well, that's a good question. I, I think um, the, the obvious answer is um, better observance, uh, observance, pardon me, of best practice. Uh, you know, people uh, just being mindful of their surroundings when it comes to health and wellness. That's obvious. Uh, and we'll see that because there's going to be a terrific um, memory of this uh, ingrained in people's minds. Um, but, I, but I don't think um, that we necessarily have to change too much spatially. Um, I, I heard a really interesting argument from a, a doctor recently, um, um, just in passing. And again, you know, this is not the, the most credible person in the world, but it's certainly food for thought. And they said, um, you know, if we over index and put all of our 
uh, our eggs in the sort of cleanable surfaces, um, you know, uh, distance between desks kind of uh, world um, uh, or, or world of solutions, then we might feel like we're psychologically safe and stop doing the things that are most effective, like washing our hands regularly and covering our mouths, <laughs> you know? And so um, th th this, this trend towards over-indexing um, in, in, in the built environment um, might actually have a reverse effect psychologically, which I think is interesting. And, and I think our goal as designers um, and, and frankly, as the, the people who put on fares, which really are the people who are responsible for trend and are the people responsible for getting um, design ideas out there to the world, um, should maybe be, um, you know, finding the beautiful middle and all of that. And that is, um, you know, uh, having an emphasis on, on um, again, best practice and perhaps um, on, on objects and space, spaces that perform uh, kind of a double purpose, um, you know, uh, that, that are um, not necessarily cutting us off from each other, but but allowing for double duty, allowing for um, programmatic variation, let's say, um, that kind of thing. I, I think that that could be really, really exciting. Um, and, and I think that if it starts at the fair, you know, uh, it will have, it'll have a little bit of a cascading effect. Um, and, and we might see urban environments that are, that are um, maybe placing a bigger emphasis on, on that sort of double performance where you, you strive for things that are efficient, ergonomic, um, but not necessarily ultra dense, um, and, and kind of find the balance of the best of both worlds. Um, that, that's exciting to me. And that, that'll be, um, a sort of, uh, Petri dish, um, of ideas that will hopefully, um, you know, percolate and then spread through society and, and ultimately lead to cities that are smarter, better, safer. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, uh, more inviting to live in. And I think it starts at the fair in a lot of cases, and, and um, we need to give um, give them credit for that. That's where a lot of these ideas get spread, and we need to hold them accountable and make sure that they're they're putting ideas out that, that matter. Um, and that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you, you, you hit on a lot of really interesting points there. It is a Petri dish, uh, but it's also an opportunity. And it would be interesting to see how we respond to these opportunities, who the movers and shakers will be, so to speak. Maybe we'll uh, pick this up again down the road and do a sort of post-mortem uh, and see if anyone's learned their lessons. But listen, uh, before we go, one last question. Um, so I love Stack Lab. I'm curious what you guys have coming down the pipe. Uh, are you going quote unquote going to any shows uh in the foreseeable future and uh just in general what you guys have uh, have lined up um i don't think we have any plans to go physically yet we're we're starting to um to check in with a couple of the the, the shows and and plan uh tentatively anyway for speaking engagements and um a couple of uh, exhibition opportunities and that kind of thing and and it's just sort of tentative at the moment we'll see um but um, the thing that I'm probably the most excited about right now is, is one of our initiatives that's frankly related to all of this. Um, and that is a, um, again, you know, I, 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 I've talked about not over-indexing and I've talked about, um, um, you know, not changing the way that we, we exhibit and changing the way that we live too, too much. But again, I do really want to underscore the fact that digital has some great, great opportunities and we need to bring it um, 
into the four in a big way. And so what I'm, what I'm, what I'm experimenting with right now is um, a collection of objects, which um, in true sort of stack lab form is um, uh, centers around a, a team of, or sort of a consortium of, of individuals. So we've got, or groups. So we've got, you know, manufacturers, engineers, um, designers working together um, early on um, in, in also galleries, patrons, patrons designers, uh, early on to come up with a uh, sort of system um, that we then build a, uh, a, a, um, a digital configurator around with the help of some wonderful computer engineers. And then our plan is to offer a, um, a collection that, that patrons essentially um, configure on their own um, and, and basically it's, it's sort of like they, they, um, use our system to configure pieces that, that work well for them, for their specification. Um, and then, um, and, and all of the, the system draws, uh, from an available network, uh, and, and database of, of offcut material. So that, that rambly, but basically, um, we're, we're going to be, um, partnering with people who have a bunch of waste. And we're going to be developing a configurator that allows us to put that waste to good use. And it's going to be the patron or the collector that is the one who does it uh, using our system. And it's going to be entirely digital um, with the first exhibition uh, probably being digital. Um, and then hopefully once all this lifts, uh, the, the next step will be taking all the, the, the finished work and then showing it physically. And hopefully that'll be as soon as humanly possible, ideally, you know, this time next year. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to see it um, virtually, but also I can't wait to see it in person as well. So listen, I just want to say thanks so much, Jeff, for, uh, for joining us. Uh, you raised a lot of interesting points. The experience on the digital side was fascinating. The, the, the desire to return to some form of uh, in-person is obviously on a lot of people's minds. So I think you raised a lot of good points about that. So I want to say thanks again for joining us and uh, let's pick this up again sometime down the road. Wonderful. Well, it's always a pleasure, Peter, and I, I appreciate you including me. Thank you for joining us on this very special episode of Bevel. Be sure to check out our other episodes as well as plenty of other great content at Canadian Interiors by visiting canadianinteriors.com where you can find our social media links and how to subscribe to the magazine. And of course, we encourage you to share Bevel with your networks. This is Peter Sobchak, and until next time, listeners, keep designing.